from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to this week's edition of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined by Nick Harris. Uh, and it's been a, a couple of weeks since we've come to you. We uh, took some time off for the holidays, for all-star games, for all those good sorts of things. But um, we are back and uh, got a lot to talk about. But before we do that, Nick is uh, in the islands. He's an island boy today. Um, and he's been in Hawaii for less than 24 hours out there covering the Polynesian, uh, the Polynesian bowl. But Nick has your, uh, has your vocab and your, uh, accent been affected by your time on the islands? No, nah, not yet. I actually, I got in late last night, so I haven't even really seen anything. I'm ready to get outside and see what it looks like with the sun up, but I'm excited to be here. What is local time there? What are you like 7am? Yeah. So it's 1120 where you're at and 7:20 here. So we're four hours behind. Well, we've got a big show. Um, Texas has done a lot of work since we last came and spoke with you. Um, they wrapped up the June, uh, the the 2022 class mostly uh, in December, and they've been hard at work on the NCAA transfer portal, and they are starting to make some major moves. You know, of course, it started uh, getting Quinn Ewers uh, right before signing day. That was a huge one. That was one they, they absolutely needed. Uh, getting... Ryan Watts, the Ohio State and former Little Elm DB, uh, to come in and, and fill a role for for Texas in the secondary, um, and then in the last week they've addressed uh, the offensive need with two lanky pass catchers, one being Jaleel Billingsley uh, from Alabama, and just before we got on the air today, uh, Isaiah Nayor, the Wyoming transfer wide receiver, who. Committed to Tennessee uh, early January, decided to take a late visit before enrolling at Tennessee and Texas was able to flip him. Um, I, I guess, you know, for me, it, wide receiver was absolutely a need in the portal. Um, it, it just, you know, when you look at what they have on campus, what they did last year, outside of Xavier Worthy, there wasn't a ton to be excited about. You know, there was you know, maybe the light comes on for Marcus Washington and stays on and maybe Kelvante Dixon takes a step forward. Maybe Jordan Whittington and Troy O'Meary could stay healthy, but that's a lot of maybes. And so to get some extra depth in there, and especially a guy with the athletic ability of Nair, I, I think is, it was a must have for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Texas is finding uh, fits for all of the needs that they needed coming into this offseason. And they've done a pretty good job of finding those needs, identifying those needs and identifying replacements, um, you know, before the semester starts. I think the only thing they're only lacking is probably a really good edge or linebacker type guy. And, you know, Sean Mathis, the uh, defensive end from TCU, uh, that's the one they're still, you know, high on and, you know, going after. So that could be one last one before the semester starts that they bring in. But talking about Isaiah Nayor, again, it gives a lot of insurance at the receiver position and it takes kind of the load and the pressure off of uh, Xavier Worthy because there were games last year where they needed him to have 12 to 15 receptions for them to win, win a game. And, uh, you know, going forward, I don't know how, you know, productive that can be. So having a guy like Nayor on the other side to kind of balance that, I think it helps a lot. And it also gives insurance in case guys like Jay Witt or Troy Mirai don't stay healthy. But I did talk to a source last week who talked, um, who expressed a lot of confidence in where Troy Mirai is at right now. As far as mindset, looks like he'll be ready for spring ball. So I think the receiver position may not be as big of a uh, um, negative point that it was last year. 
It's mainly just a question mark. And I think with there, if you look back like last year, I can remember, remember probably like the Baylor game, you know, if they would have had a credible number two in that game, they, they'd probably win that game probably win the Oklahoma State game the same way. You know, it just got to a point where teams would uh, adjust to Worthy in the second half, and there, was, there wasn't there was that other option to beat them. And so uh, when you look at that, what Isaiah Nair brings is something that not many people on the roster has. I mean, he's he's kind of got the size that will remind you of Troy O'Meary, but probably a little quicker. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he can go vertical. Great ball skills plays very physically, but he can also take the quick screen um, and do some stuff in space with it. So, uh, you know, Texas need that. I think I, I know they love speed and, you know, there's a there's a tendency to look at what Sark did at Alabama with Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell and those guys. But uh, you, you need a little bit of a difference maker in in the physical a guy that can go and get you the tough yards. And I think Nair can do that. And then, you know, you. You add Jaleel Billingsley to that, who coming into Alabama, one of the top tight ends in the country, it flashed at times, but just never seemed to be able to find it consistently uh, with the Crimson Tide. And I know he kind of landed in the Saban doghouse this year, but this is still a guy with a ton of talent, still a guy who can stretch the field vertically from that tight end position. And that's something that Texas is sorely lacking. They don't have a difference maker in the receiving game at the tight end position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Steve Sarkeesian offense, and especially having a guy like Jeff Banks coaching the tight ends, um, the tight end position is a necessity for that offense just to kind of facilitate things. And having a guy like Jaleel Billingsley, uh, a guy that not only fits that scheme and fits that mold, but a guy that Jeff Banks and Steve Sarkeesian are already familiar with, um, you know, being able to put that big body up there and ask him to, you know, do some blocking, uh, get out in the receiving game and, and rely on him on both of those things. That's something I don't feel like they've had at the tight end position in a little bit. So, uh, I'm curious to see how he, he performs in spring ball and uh, where it goes from there. And then if you want to look at what's next in the portal, like you mentioned, O'Shawn Mathis would be a great edge player for for Texas if they decide to move on him. Uh, you know, there has been a lot of engagement there. And, and obviously with the news of Gary Patterson coming to, uh, to Texas, I think that that helps them in that pursuit. Uh, and then Jalen Moody, the linebacker from Alabama, I think that's another guy to definitely watch. We've heard a lot of uh, positive things there. I don't think it's done as of yet, but I think Texas is right now in the top position. Um, and after that, you know, we'll see. I mean, they've got uh, the reports out that uh, Latavius Brinney, the, the safety from Georgia, is looking to visit. That could be another guy. Uh, but I think what they're looking to do now and really what they've done with this portal class as opposed to last year, right? Because they get here last year and it's just, let's find portal guys who can be bodies and give us depth. And they took some chances on guys, Ben Davis and Ray Thornton. And, um, you know, I think Ovia Gufu was a, was a pretty positive portal guy for them. Uh, Devin Richardson, though, I mean, you know, the, the, a lot of those guys just didn't see anything but reserve time. This has been a more calculated uh approach i think it's been a more we're going to be snipers and less uh less shotgun type thing and that's really helped them overall because if you look at the guys they've got you know if you go over to our our 24 7 uh transfer rankings all four of those guys are ranked or, i'm sorry three of those guys are ranked four stars on our transfer ranking and ryan watts is a a very high three star texas currently ranks seventh in the nation in the transfer portal rankings uh, and, and only with four commits, that's pretty impressive. So um, there, we're talking, uh, you know, 
some high level talent. And, you know, outside of Nair, who a guy that went to Arlington Lamar high school um, and, and uh, it, it kind of developed late outside of him, we're talking about highly recruited guys out of high school that went to power programs. So I think uh, when you look at what they are bringing in there, you've got to be very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned they have the luxury of time this year. They didn't really have that last year and they've had a lot of it that their last game was on black Friday. So I guess that's about two or three months that they've had so far to, you know, really identify these transfer guys and bring them in. And they're going to work all the way up until, um, you know, probably the, the start of the, the summer semester to bring guys in, um, especially after that next wave after spring ball, I'm curious to see who they go after at that point. Um, and it, even if there's any spots available at that point, uh, obviously the numbers game is something that everyone likes to talk about and it is getting kind of tight, but um, you know, the staff does have a plan there. Uh, but seeing seeing these guys come in, seeing who can be immediate contributors, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting point of spring ball as well. Yeah, and I think when you look at the numbers, it's you know, it's it, it's a question that's asked often, and I don't think I could give you a good answer on them. I mean, the staff seems yeah. to have a good feel for it. Um, I think that from things I've heard, they feel like they could go upwards of 35, 36 guys in this class. They're at thirty two right now so we'll see kind of how that that plays out but um you know i i think that um don't worry about the numbers at this point you know it's 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 gonna work itself out and you're right they are going to be in position um to to really maybe do some more damage after that initial spring wave and add maybe one or two more guys looking just at our transfer portal individual rankings Quinn Ewers the number two overall player in the portal uh Jalil Billingsley uh comes in at number 14 overall and then uh let's see here uh Nair is another four star and he comes in at 33 overall and then Watts a three star so I mean you're talking uh three guys out of the top 50 uh, in this class is, is pretty strong. Um, what's left for the rest of the recruiting cycle. It's kind of been slow and I don't know that I've experienced anything like this. Usually January is a frenzied month and it, and it has been on the portal side, but you know, it, it it's kind of down to one or two targets. I, I mean, Texas is pursuing uh, Devon Campbell full on the, the five-star offensive lineman from Bowie. Um, I think if you're asking me of the group of guys they have left, who's their best chance to get, it's Devon Campbell. And that's great because he's a five-star offensive lineman that would really cap off this this Kyle Flood class very nicely. Uh, Harold Perkins still out there. Nick, you, you can provide something on him in a minute. And then uh, Jacoby Matthews. I think my take on, on Perkins and Matthews is I just don't see those guys ending up at Texas at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's kind of an unrealistic opportunity at this point. But however, um, you know, Texas is still going to do their due diligence on Harold Perkins. They are expected to get him in for a midweek unofficial before he signs. But um, let's kind of backtrack to when he committed to Texas A&M on January 2nd. Um, he said in the interview on ESPN that he was still planning on taking on visits. And uh, he has done that. He took a visit to Florida last week that has apparently put the Gators in a really good position moving forward. Uh, he's connected well with uh, the Louisiana ties uh, that Billy Napier and his staff have, uh, as well as Kamari Wilson, one of their commits. Um, and then next week, it looks like he will be taking uh, an official to Miami. Um, LSU is, has been kind of on the, uh, on the board as well, but it looks like Miami is going to be the trip next week. And then after that, um, a source told me that he plans on taking a Texas A&M and a Texas unofficial before signing. If Texas can get him back on campus, that's, 
the uh, that's the foot in the door. Um, I, I think there's a lot more to develop, uh, you know, to, to get him to sign. Um, but uh, I, I think that's one thing to keep an eye on. But as far as the rest of the class, Devon Campbell, you know, we, we continue to feel pretty good um, where Texas stands. Uh, we felt good for, I guess, almost a year and a half going back to the Tom Herman staff. And, you know, Kyle Flood has come in and done a really good job, as well as uh, Jeff Banks and Steve Sarkeesian and Chris Gilbert especially as well. Um, so, you know, we feel confident and, and Texas landing at least one on the February signing day. And then Jacoby Matthews, I see that as the least likely possibility. You know, LSU has always been a really, really big dream school there. Brian Kelly has come in and made him a pretty big priority. And then there's other schools also coming in as well, like Texas A&M. So, um, you know, I see Texas kind of outside looking in there. All right, let's uh, get on to the next wave as Texas will host their first junior day this weekend. Um, and Nick, you've done a great job keeping up with that list, which I appreciate because I hate keeping those lists and you have uh, you took that on. Um, but they will have a pretty talented group of 2023s coming in um, uh, to campus on, on Saturday. Uh, just looking at this list, uh, guys that jump out to me, uh, Janelle Aguero, who uh, I did not realize he was back in uh, Massachusetts. He was at IMG. Uh, Samaje Burrell, the linebacker from North Crowley. Jaden Chapman from Harker Heights. Jonte Cook, the wide receiver from DeSoto. Jaden Greathouse from Austin Westlake. Quentin Joyner, Malik Muhammad. I mean, there's some big names up and down this list. Any Nick that, that stick out to you as guys that, you know, really interesting, really kind of interested to see where Texas is coming out of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Aguero is definitely one just because that one's, you know, pretty off the radar coming in. There's not a ton of out-of-state visitors coming in, but um, they're bringing in him and uh, they're also bringing in Derek Williams for high four-star safety from Louisiana. So it looks like they're going to go national at the safety position. Blake Gideon's not scared to do that, it seems. So um, Aguero and Williams, I'm curious where things stand coming out of the weekend for them. Um, but also there's a, there's a lot of 23 and 24 guys coming in that have not been offered. Um, so guys like Quentin Joyner, uh, Kadavian Dotson, Braylon Shelby, Colton Vasek, you know, those are some guys that I think could come in and get offers. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, how Texas moves on those guys, but also we could look at the guys that Texas has been recruiting for a while already, like Ashton Porter coming in, um, Tayshawn Wilson, um, Anthony White. Uh, and there's a lot of other names as well. And, you know, they, they even they weren't able to get some of the guys on campus that they wanted. Ruben Owens is going to be at a seven on seven tournament. Uh, Anthony Hill is going to be elsewhere. But it's still it, it's shaping up to be a pretty strong weekend regardless. Um, there's a couple of seven on seven team collectives that are also going to be coming in with their entire team, which is always good for, you know, relationship building uh, with the staff. So um, I'm curious to see where Texas comes out of the weekend for some of these guys that they maybe haven't met yet or uh, haven't really moved on yet and see how that relationship building starts. Nick, did you read my article this morning on the top? Okay. I was about to say, if you, if you, I wrote an article this morning on six offer candidates to take a come out of junior day. And I thought, well, maybe Nick just woke up and rolled those names off his head. So if it did, it would be pretty impressive uh, lockstep for us. Um, guys, I'm really interested in seeing where things are out of the weekend. And I don't want to say commitment alert, but guys, I think they're in a really good spot with right now. I want to start with Lafayette Kaiway from Arlington, Sam Houston um, at tight end. I think he's a major priority for Texas. He's a, uh, a baller at Sam Houston. Doesn't have a lot around him, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm excited to see kind of wh where things are with him coming out of the weekend because I think Texas has a chance to close that one fairly early. 
Uh, of course, Jonte Cook, I mean, I think he's been to Austin more than any school he's been to. Samaje Burrell is another guy. I, he's got ties to, to the staff. Uh, Chris Gilbert's right-hand guy, uh, uh, Courtney Allen, is the head coach at North Crowley. Um, so Courtney uh, was, was – I'm sorry, he was his right-hand guy at Lancaster. Uh, and so Texas has ties to Burrell and that North Crowley program. Uh, Ashton Cozart, I, I'm interested to see there. Uh, just, you know, he liked Texas early, but kind of TCU and Oklahoma took earlier leads with some turnover at both of those schools. Can Texas kind of take advantage of that? Um, and then Harris Sewell is a guy for me that, and Nick, you know, you've covered Harris more than me. He's kind of been wide open with everything. So it, are, are schools going to start kind of creating some spaces? There are going to be some schools that separate from the pack. That's kind of what I'm uh, most interested in seeing. And then the other two things are what, what's the feedback on not only the overall staff, but these two new assistants to Shard Choice and Brennan Marion uh, talking to running backs and receivers. It's been really good so far, but I'd, I'd love to hear about it, you know, coming out of the weekend. And one thing on Harris Sewell, you know, he's going to be one where actions speak louder than words just because he doesn't have a lot of words uh, to say whenever we do whenever we do talk to him. And his actions so far have been multiple visits to Texas. I believe this will be his fourth trip to Austin. Um, so this is a, definitely a big guy to get on campus. He's the number one offensive lineman in the 23 class in the state of Texas. Um, and he had a really good junior season. I feel like he could rise in the rankings moving forward. Um, you know, that's going to be Kyle Flood's number one priority, most likely in the 23 class. And, you know, I think it's a very attainable priority. Yeah, so a really talented group. Nick will be in Hawaii, in Hawaii um, for that. Uh, so he will not be there, but I will be uh, on campus covering uh, the junior day. We will have full coverage uh, up at 247, and uh, we'll see uh, if anything comes out of it. Uh, this is going to be kind of a shorter show since Nick's on the road, and I, I know you got things to do. What's the schedule looking like today, Nick? Oh, uh, got practice later. Um, looks like there's going to be a beach event later. I, I hate to make you guys jealous, but you know that's just that's just the name of the game here. Please do me a favor. Don't show. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't show up to the beach in sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> uh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, Nick, why don't you tell us kind of what you're looking for out there covering the uh, the Polynesian Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of elite talent guys here, like Travis Hunter, Walter Nolan, Jaleel Skinner. And there's a lot of guys that came in for the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, weren't able to play because of COVID regulations. Um, and some of those guys are back here able to play. Uh, so I'm excited to see guys like that. Uh, Jaleel Skinner is one of those who was in uh, San Antonio, wasn't able to play, but now we'll be able to see him here. I'm just kind of excited to see how, how the competition stacks up. And then also get to see Malik Agbo in this um, in this setting, how he goes up against some of these defensive linemen that are here. There's a really good group of defensive linemen here uh, from around the country and, and here on the islands as well. Um, so I am uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well as quarterback play. You know, Justin Martin has been someone that stood out uh, early on um, as far as the quarterbacks go. And then uh, Tavoris Jones is out here. And if, if you remember Tavoris Jones' story from over the summer, that was definitely someone Texas could have gotten. And uh, he's already been standing out in practices, according to our national guys. Um, so I'm curious to see how he goes up against this national competition, being from El Paso. Um, and then just all around, you know, the culture, the, the excitement of the game. I'm really looking forward to that. What about the food? You got any food spots you want to try or look uh, up or anything? Apparently there is this uh, food spot on the, on the north side of the island, which actually I, I forgot there was one point. Uh, we're going to be going to see Leona Lefau, the 2023 linebacker from Kahuku tomorrow uh, on Friday. Um, so on our way up, we'll probably stop at, at this food truck that I've heard on, on the north side. So uh, looking forward to doing that. 
Well, you're going to be with the best guys to do it. Our national team that covers that event, they, they do great at every event, but <clears throat> if you're on the road with Brandon Huffman, he's going to feed you well. That's absolutely, that's just going to happen. So, uh, all right. Okay. Well, like we said, this is going to be a short one. We just wanted to kind of come back to you guys. We hope to get back kind of on our regular schedule, but it's just been kind of crazy in the last month. And, you know, I've got vacation coming up in February after signing day. So uh, we'll try to get back to you as, as often and as consistently as we can. Uh, but if we miss a week or two, please forgive us. Uh, Nick, anything you want to add before we leave today? Yeah, absolutely. Once again, I appreciate the if tuning in. I know it's a short show, but um, we should have a long one next week discussing junior day stuff. I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about coming out of it. You know, this 2023 class is really starting to cook with steam now, especially with 2022 be being all but over, except for Devon Campbell, most likely. So uh, the 2023 class is taking front stage. So I'm excited to see where, where things come out after the weekend. All right. Well, we thank you guys for tuning in. We thank you guys for listening, for playing along uh, on the website. Uh, thank you to Taylor Estes for producing the show. Thanks for Nick Harris. I'm Mike Roach, and we will see you guys next week. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.